0: This message comes from NPR sponsor, Discover. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically, with no limit on how much you can earn. It's amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com match. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR. From MaximumFun.org and NPR, it's Bullseye. (laughs) Artists, musicians, filmmakers, people who make stuff in the world are often inspired by what they see or hear. And sometimes that thing is so great, they tell us they wish they'd made it themselves. It happens so often that we made a segment about it. It's called, I Wish I'd Made That. Today, you're going to hear from the one and only Nick Offerman.
1: Hello, this is Nick Offerman, and I am an actor and writer and woodworker.
0: Maybe you remember Nick as the lovable Ron Swanson on Parks and Recreation. He's one of the hosts of the reality competition show, Making It, alongside Amy Poehler, It's a bit like the Great British Bake Off, but with pipe cleaners and table saws instead of fondant and laminated pastries. Making It just wrapped up its third season on NBC. You can stream it on Peacock or Hulu. When we asked Nick Offerman if there was a TV show or a movie or an album he wished he'd made, Nick said he leaves that to the professionals. He decided to channel his woodworking roots and tell us about the greatest guitar he ever held in his hands the Gibson J-200. Here's Nick Offerman.
1: I, I'm not clever enough to, uh, to make TV or films. I have tried, and that's how I learned that I'm not clever enough. So I depend on much greater brains than my own uh, for those mediums. But in the woodworking shop, uh, I can take a swing at challenging projects. And so I chose... Uh, once, once I switched over to woodworking, I immediately thought when I first saw the Gibson J200 guitar, also known as the Jumbo or the Super Jumbo, I wish I had made that. This is uh, a It has has a beautiful, booming bass, but also a bright top end. I was teaching myself uh, guitar. My wife is an incredible singer and musician, and I had a dream that one day maybe we could perform together. And... Uh, she had a birthday party to which she invited Patty Griffin to come play in our yard. And Patty, thankfully, was a fan of Will and Grace, so she agreed. She came and played a handful of songs on this vintage Gibson J-200. And she had a lot to do with it, obviously. She's she's wonderfully elfin. She, you know, is um, just magical. And her voice is beautiful her songs are incredible and her guitar playing is exquisite
0: You can't really have her,
1: but you can hold it for a time. And so I just was absolutely uh, bewitched by her playing and I said I got to find out what that guitar is and get me one I did a lot of homework and discovered of course that I had chosen the most expensive possible vintage guitar <laughs> to chase down. This is probably 10, 12 years ago. Anywhere in L.A. or New York or Chicago or Nashville or Austin, at any given time, you could find two or three of these exquisite top-of-the-line vintage guitars, and they were running ten to $12,000. So around the time, uh, you know, obviously that... It, immediately disqualified them from my consideration. Then I got my job on Parks and Rec, and a couple years in, it looked like the show might keep going a little bit. And I said, oh, let me go try and play one of these. And I went into the vintage guitar shop and I played one, went back in the little room, and when I heard myself play it, it sounded an awful lot like me playing my own crappy guitar. And I realized, oh, (laughs) there's I have no business spending $12,000 on a guitar on which I'll sound as mediocre as I will on any guitar. And I was sitting there playing the expensive, beautiful J200. And I thought, oh, I'm not going to buy one of these. I'm going to make one. Because if I'm going to sound mediocre, might as well have the rich story of making one myself. And I got, a, I got one book all about how to build uh, a guitar, including plans for a J-200. And at the end of the book, everything in the book uh, was, was a no-brainer. If you've built wooden boats, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, steam bending, got that, hand shaping the neck, putting installing the frets and the, the tuning machines. That was new territory, but not insurmountable. And then you get to the end of the book, and it says... The catch about an acoustic guitar is you want to make it lightweight enough, this sort of beautifully shaved and toned vessel, so that when you put the strings on, it vibrates in the most delightful, sonorous manner. So you, you can't leave it too thick. It can't be too heavy-duty. Otherwise, you might as well put strings on a 2x6. But if you shave it a little too, uh, a little too thinly... When you tighten up the, the six steel strings, it applies about 200 pounds of pull on this shell of wood you've created. And so if you've gotten it a little too right, then the whole thing explodes. And that's the end of the book. And you know, I was like, well, that's terrifying. Uh, I imagine you just, you've talked 99% of potential luthiers out of taking a shot at it. So so what do I do? I go out and get another book. And then I got a third book and each book ended the same way. They all said that. They're like you got to shave it just enough because if you shave it too much it'll explode. So after three books I said I'm I'm daunted. But what about a ukulele? A ukulele has plastic strings. It's not nearly the uh the pressure that's on a guitar. And so I figured out how to build a ukulele and uh, I built my first one, which I brought in here. It's a, it's a soprano ukulele and it's built entirely of mahogany to sort of match the aesthetic of the old Martin ukuleles. And, you know, it's got uh, some, some picadillos. Uh, the frets especially required a finesse that I, I'm still learning. Um, so the frets are pretty crappy, but all in all, Sounds like a ukulele, and I wrote a song called "The Ukulele Song," and I wrote the song first so that I would have. To, I had to make myself get started because it was really scary to try an instrument. But you know, like anything, I made mistakes, and uh, I mean, I, I've made mistakes building tables, and that's a lot less difficult. The thing is, the mistakes are important because if you're going to become Exquisite. If you're going to become exceptional at anything, you're never going to just do it on your first try. It means you're going to screw, you're going to ruin a lot of wood before you make uh, a trophy piece. So I made this ukulele. I toured with it, uh, performing my ukulele song. They made a real nice video of it at the Fayetteville Roots Festival. I love beer and whiskey, perhaps a bit too much. Given the chance, I'd fall off a bar stool daily. To keep me out of the pub and also out of Dutch, I make things like this soprano ukulele. I've paddled a canoe that I built across a river, and playing a, a ukulele that I made and making an audience laugh with my song, um, both of them feel sort of equally superheroic. If, if you're in touch with an elemental part of the human capacity, like, oh, If the goes down and society gets wiped out, I am able to make a tree into a floating vessel that will get us to Catalina so we can still have a wine mixer even after the apocalypse. Why can't we all get along for a minute? Everybody's all Palestinian or Israeli. If we'll just head down to the shop and enjoy the
0: tools in it We could build a pacifying ukulele Nick Offerman on the thing he wishes he made, the Gibson J200 guitar. As we said before, Nick's reality competition show is called Making It. You can watch it on NBC. You can also hear Nick's voice on the very funny animated sitcom The Great North. And if you want some drama, he starred on the science fiction show Devs, which you can stream on Hulu. He also has his own wood shop. Called the Offerman Woodshop here in Los Angeles. They make all kinds of stuff. And he was nice enough recently to refer me to a guy named Max Wilson who made some built in shelves for my house. So thank you, Nick. That's the end of another episode of Bullseye. Bullseye created from the homes of me and the staff of Maximum Fun in and around greater Los Angeles, California, where earlier this week, the television show NCIS shot a scene at MacArthur Park, right outside our office, where a bus blew up, sort of like the movie Speed, only the bus blew up. The show is produced by Speaking Into Microphones. Our senior producer is Kevin Ferguson. Our producer is Jesus Ambrosio. Production fellows at Maximum Fun are Richard Robey and Valerie Moffat. We get help from Casey O'Brien. I'm excited to meet Richard Robey in real life for the first time. He's been working for us for months. Uh, That's our lives these days. Our interstitial music is by Dan Wally, also known as DJW. Our theme song is by The Go Team, thanks to them and their label Memphis Industries for sharing it with us. You can keep up with our show on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. We post our interviews there. I think that's about it. Just remember, all great radio hosts have a signature sign-off. Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR. Hey, everyone. It's I, John hodgman of the judge john hodgman podcast and i elliot Kalen of the Flophouse podcast and we've made a whole new podcast a 12 episode special mini-series called i podius in which we recap discuss and explore the very famous 1976 bbc mini-series about ancient rome called i claudius we've got incredible guests such as gillian jacobs paul f tompkins as well as star of i claudius sir patrick stewart and his son non-sir, Daniel Stewart. Don't worry, Dan. You'll get there someday. iPodius is the name of the show. Every week from MaximumFun.org for only 12 weeks. Get them at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts.